welcome to another episode of A Need to Read. Thank you very much for joining me. This one was a little bit of a surreal one for me to record because the book Surrounded by Idiots by Thomas Erickson was actually the first book that I read cover to cover on a flight to Australia back in 2020. So for me to be sat down speaking to the author was a very, very strange experience for me, but I was so not disappointed. They say you shouldn't meet heroes, but look, I did, and he was pretty sound. And we spoke about so much, including his books that he's got coming out, his more recent book, Surrounded by Psychopaths, and a book that he's got coming out later this year called Surrounded by Bad Bosses, and a book called Surrounded by Narcissists that's coming out next year, and I'm excited. And we spoke about all of those things in the podcast, and I'm super, super grateful to have got to speaking to him. But before we get into that, let's just quickly have a word from the sponsors so the podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and BetterHelp provide a therapy service to millions of people around the world and you can go on their website and you can check out reviews from people I've had hundreds of people sign up through me being sponsored by them and I'm just so proud of that as to make people go to therapy not make people but to point people in the right direction is amazing you might be fed up of getting advice from your friends and your family and getting just really naff advice with your mental health that is where better help will step in of course you have to pay for it but nothing is free in life however you get 10 percent off with the link and that is going to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read you're heading there spend about 10 minutes on their website filling out a questionnaire and within 48 hours you are matched with your very own therapist who you can choose based on gender you can choose based on loads of different options you're not exactly limited for choice so if therapy is something you're thinking of head to the link in the description of this episode but for now let's get in to the conversation with actual real life thomas erickson So Thomas Erickson, the multiple million now copy best-selling author, welcome to A Need to Read and thank you so much for agreeing to come on. Thanks for the invitation, it's my pleasure. Yeah, it's, um, it's actually been a book I've heavily recommended on the podcast over the last few months and actually since I started um, because you seem to have essentially just translated the DISC method in a way that other people haven't done before. So my first sort of of question for anyone that hasn't heard of you, which honestly, anyone that's listening to this, I'd be surprised if they haven't heard me speaking about you, um, would be to say sort of how is it that you've come to understand the intricacies of that method and then be able to sort of translate that to the world? What's led you to come to that point? That's actually a really good question. And the answer is going to be, take me... if I walk you through how I came to write the book, because that's a story in itself, and that might explain some of, or they might cover some of those questions that you actually asked there. The thing is, I was a thriller author before. I wrote, to begin with, I have been writing since, I don't know, I think I was writing for 20 years without getting published. So I'm obviously not a natural. Uh, and I kind of accepted that. But then finally, I, I cracked the code, so to speak, and I got a four book deal with one of Sweden's, uh, Sweden's uh, major publishers. And I published them, uh, thrillers about this behaviorist, this, con- this management consultant who is doing some kind of like profiler, or maybe if you see in the series, uh, Lie to Me on Netflix, possibly. Mm. And, uh, and the thing is, so he's helping the police 
sorting out crimes and finding criminals and so on by using specific methods. Amongst one of them is a, a method based on four colors, red, yellow, green, and blue. And people was writing to me and saying, yeah, that was nice stories. Okay, but the two the guy in the books is using, where can we learn more about that? And as I didn't know any books on the topic, I, I know now there's plenty of them, so, so I was just misinformed, to be <laughs> honest. And so I, after him saying, I don't know, 500 times, I decided to, I'm going to write the bloody book myself because I am an author, you know, so why not? <laughs> and I know I have the skills, I have the competence. And so I, I thought maybe I should not lecturing, maybe I shouldn't actually, uh, you know, repeat psychological studies and show people tables of numbers and, 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 and data and, and so on, the sum in the book, but I'm, I'm really not into that because people don't buy that people buy a good story yeah. i mean you talk about books right and people buy good stories so could i translate this knowledge that i actually had and many other people with me of course i, I haven't invented anything i just put it in a book so i can't mm. take any cope for for the method itself and any credit for the method itself but using anecdotes using humor actually it seems to work <laughs> mm. which i also do when i give lectures and public talks Usually I use a lot of humor and, and it works because it makes people listen. So that's kind of the whole idea. And I know the book doesn't cover the whole range of human behavior, personality types and so on and so forth. I totally understand that. Uh, some people say to me, well, you missed a couple of things. And I say, I know that's kind of, you know, I have 300 pages. What do you, yeah. what do you, <laughs> what did you expect? But actually uh, by, by doing it this way, uh, using stories, using, using examples from my, my own life, my own experiences, I kind of drag people into the subject itself, kind of lure them into maybe read another book and another book and take an online class and, and, and go, go to a lecture and actually take a course or whatever, because that yeah. is my main goal, to make people curious and interested in other people and obviously in themselves, which is... Yeah. A no-brainer, I guess. The last one there. Usually, yeah. people are interested in themselves. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> most most people tend to be. And it's in, it's interesting that that's sort of the way you went out of it because obviously, from my readings around the book, I seen there was like minor sort of criticisms and people say, oh, "Well, it's, it's not too heavily backed by science." But it's it's cool that you didn't set out for the book to. Well, the book starts with that. I, I I can understand why people say we need more. We don't trust this. We we don't we, we need to see more you know, psychological studies. And I, I totally get that. But as I mentioned on page two in the book, this book does not have any intentions to cover that. It has mm. no ambitions to tell you the whole story. This is how this specific tool works. If you don't like it, well, give the book away or take another book. I'm completely fine with that. I yeah. have no ambition to do a scientific study because that is not who I am. Yeah. I am not a psychologist. I'm a behaviorist. Totally different things, actually. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Um, so how is it that you come to new, know so much about it? Obviously, you wrote it in some novels and, and you say you're a behaviorist. I know that you were in like your management consultant in in different like large companies, obviously, IKEA. And I tell you what, this is maybe the first time I've spoken to someone from Sweden. So am I saying it right as IKEA or is it IKEA? Well, in English, it's IKEA. In Swedish, it's IKEA. Okay. Swedish is a little bit like this, you know. Yeah, this is English with a Swedish accent. It sounds a little bit silly, but we kind of do it anyways. So, <laughs> so IKEA or Spotify, you can also say Spotify. 
which is okay. also Swedish, if you didn't know. Volvo, usually people know Volvo. ABBA, they were big in the UK some years yeah. ago, decades. They were big all over the globe, uh, except for Sweden. Uh, really? <laughs> yes, because uh, we kind of don't like successful people here. If they are Swedes, you know, we kind of drag them down a little bit. So. How have you all, found all, the all response to your book then in that case? Because I know it, I saw it sold quite a few copies in, in Sweden relative to the population. And then obviously it yes, went worldwide. It, 10% of the Swedes have bought a copy and that annoyed a couple of people so much that they had to, they had to act. They had to do something. But anyways, they didn't, that actually didn't stop. But that actually encouraged me to take it because if you get criticized, that you have heard this before, if you get criticized, if you get questioned, then you know you're onto something important probably. Then you have to be mm. humble and understand you can learn more and you can do it in a better way. And you can fine tune your message and tweak how you present yourself and, and, and your message to the world. All of these things, obviously. But uh, when people get angry and mad, that, that's probably something important. You should actually persist, which I did. And people didn't even want to publish it. I don't know if you heard that story. Uh, that's actually... <laughs> yeah. As I was writing these thrillers about this guy, Alex King, that was his name. Mm. Uh, and 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 I got this idea. Maybe I should write this book. So I I put kind of uh, let's say uh, a register of may, maybe chapters, and I kind of wrapped it in something. So I designed the cover myself, as you can see. No, there it is. Yeah. That is there it is. <laughs> that is actually my my own design. So I okay. designed and I named the book surrounded by idiots. So I went to my then publisher and said. You know, this is a brilliant idea. You should really take this book. It's about behaviors and day to day, daily psychology, you know, and it's about this and that and colors, you know, and this is the title, this is the cover. And I said, no way, we're not going to do that. Firstly, it's an ugly cover. Secondly, it's a stupid title. Basically, people call me the idiot, say, that's not going to work. It's not, not going to fly. People don't want that. Go back to write crime stories, you know, so drop the idea. Now. I didn't. I persisted and I actually had to, nobody wanted to touch that thing. They said, it's just dumb. So, so I had to self-publish that book, even though I was published at a major publishing house, which wow. is kind of really strange. Yeah. That's, so that's a message to all. Well, that's a message to all aspiring writers that might listen to this authors, writers. If you think you're onto something, don't, don't give up too easily. You heard that before, but don't do that. Yeah. But in the beginning of the book's career, I, I actually drove around in my car doing consultant consulting, let's say, and with boxes in, in, in the trunk, kind of pushing the books to people, saying, you take this book and take five books and take two. And they looked at it and said, no, what is this? Idiots, no. So, so and I said, like, well, take, take it one. I, I give you the book. Can you please read it? Okay. So that's how we started for a year or so. Wow. Nothing happened. No, but we printed 3,000 copies. And, uh, and then something happened. It, it, I got it into the airports. And then uh -huh. the sales went like this. And then the rest is history as the story goes. Uh -huh. uh, so, yes, it's maybe it was too silly a title. I don't know. I, th I think it's fascinating that because I picked up the book because it said Surrounded by Idiots. And I think for most people that I know that have read it, it's a lot of people feel like they are surrounded by idiots so they see the title and they're like wow uh well i feel like that so exactly we all have that not. feeling sitting in a meeting you know thinking what's wrong with these people what's the matter with them? don't can't they see it am i the only one who can see this clearly we all have those meetings what's so interesting with that actually is what i have discovered through my own let's say 
empirical experience is that some people are surrounded by more idiots than others. Mm. That's interesting. How, how can that be? Some people are some kind of idiot magnets. Yeah, you know, yeah. They are drawing weirdos and morals to them in a strange way. And I used to <laughs> say to them, you know, I see some, something similar in all of these situations that you might be the factor we are yeah sometimes when, for, so. when you point the finger you have three pointing yeah. back <laughs> exactly exactly and that. Yes. well it, it would seem a waste whilst I, i've got you here as the sort of the, the main translator of this um disc method not to ask you to sort of chuck your own definitions or, or explanations of the the four colors before we go any further well, in, in not too many words then, but I mean, it's based, the, the profile, it, the base of the book is, is the disc profile, which is not new at all. This is actually nothing new. And again, I did not invent anything. I didn't do any research of my own. I only put it in the book. We added the colors on top of the model because it makes it easier to, to for a pedagogical reason, it's easier to remember red and yellow behavior instead of a high D over an I with the low C let's mm. say, or maybe an ENTJ personality type, if you go by Myers-Briggs, or, or sorry, an ITP, ITENJFK, no, what is it? You know, it's too confusing. It's much easier. <laughs> it's confusing, exactly. You can't, can't remember four letters. It's impossible. I, I had done the Myers-Briggs test several times. I, I can't remember my profile, and it, it annoys me. But I know my own colors, because that's kind of gets yeah. stuck in, in the back there. So, but it, it's, it, it, it builds, it's a... It's, um, but you, you, you're weighing introversion versus extroversion. You have task orientation and relation orientation, relationship orientation, or people orientation, you might call it also. Mm. So you get a two-by-two two matrix where you have the red factor, which is over there, if I mirror myself. Yeah, the yeah. red factor, the dominant ones who are task-oriented and extrovert, really fast thinkers, forward decision makers, you know, bam, bam, fast, 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 fast is good, you know. Hurry up, speed up, you know, speed up over there. What are you doing over there? It's too slow, you know, speed up, we're in a hurry. Yeah, maybe we're not in a hurry, but we could speed up anyways because life is short. Who knows what's coming, you know? So you're very competitive, very, very decisive. I say that uh, goal-oriented, result-focused. Have to reach, achieve something, you know. Hard workers usually a bit harsh to the environment, not very sensitive, maybe. Yeah. The other, the other, the other um, extrovert profile is the yellow factor, which is kind of also very driven as the red ones. But as they are people-oriented, there's a lot of smiling also because they like to socialize, they like to be, to be friends with everybody and talk to, hi, hey, I think you're my friend. What's your name? You know, positive and, and the sun is shining, you know, wow, have you seen the weather? And then you might say, well, it's actually raining. If you take a look outside, you can see it's obviously, yeah, 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 yeah. but the sun is always shining somewhere, right? <laughs> it's super positive and creative. You know, these people... <laughs> some of them are so creative some of them haven't touched ground since you know late 90s or something <laughs> they, they solve problems nobody's heard of yeah. they answer questions nobody's asking and you know if you if you have let's say you're sitting with a problem at your desk let's say and in your workplace and you're kind of fiddling with it. You, you can't you know i can't sort it out just go find a really yellow individual and then you say hey how would you solve my problem and he or she is going to do this you know okay let's see and there it is and you're going to say, you're going to say, wow, wow, how did you do that? I don't know. <laughs> because they can never tell you. They just use some kind of inner emotional, some kind of the universe sent me some inspiration, you know. 
could you write it down so you can oh no you're more documenting things now that's not me you know that's another color but now i'm getting some new visuals you know and, and off they go and you have to love them because they are kind of positive you know they don't yeah. hear what you say because they're really terrible listeners because they have so many things to say by themselves so so you know don't, don't please shut up and let me do the talking because that's going to be better yeah. everything is entertaining i am acting yellow now as you might see Yes. And I see you <laughs> smiling because, and you can't take it. You can't take it for a couple of hours. Then you're gonna get kind of exhausted because it's so much energy. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And so let's talk about energy. Ooh, let's go over to the introvert side, to the green ones, the people-oriented introverts. They, these are the green people. These are the calm ones. The, the thoughtful ones, the ones that actually don't want to be in the center of things. They like to be a little bit to the side, you know, observing, uh, looking, uh, um, very friendly, very, very pleasant to be around, very, very kind, very helpful. We never get a cup of coffee without asking you, would you fancy a cup of coffee or tea? Yeah. Sorry, oh, sorry, tea, uh, Earl Grey or some, something with lemon in it. Would you need some milk? What kind of milk? You know, I can go and buy some because it's only two, 20 kilometers. I have a bicycle, you know. <laughs> yeah. they, they will kind of get out of their way to help you because that's how they truly are. Really, yeah. really helpful. Like many heroes in many movies, for instance. And the one thing they are struggling with, that is actually changes. Ugh, who needs yeah. changes? You know, that's, that's really nasty stuff. You know, changes. It was so good as it was, you know, or maybe it didn't work at all, but at least we know what it is. So stay put. Don't touch anything, you know. Don't break anything. Just shut up and sit down and don't rock the boat. That's usually, or somebody actually pre-COVID, blah, blah, blah. I did a lot of public talking, uh, yeah. a lot of speaking gigs, uh, a lot, 120 a year, something like that. And wow. I actually was talking in Germany in a big, uh, big audience. I don't know, a thousand people that have uh, turned off, off all the lights. So it's kind of really dark, an old cinema, I think it was. Yeah. And exactly here, when I explained the, the kind of, Version to, 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 to change some green greens, and then a guy shouts, No, he said, Actually, it's a murder, and, and I can't see him, so he, sh- he shouts, You know, hey, I don't know if it was better before, but I know it's worse now, you know. So, <laughs> there you yeah. kind of have it the attitude. So, don't, don't touch anything. Uh, okay, so what's left then? We have <clears throat> the blue factor, got the blue, introvert, task oriented guy up over here. Now my computer is doing things that are closing that one. Yeah. So, so, and he, he or she, this is, this is the analyst. This is the engineer, the accountant, the tax sheriff. You know, this is the, the person who has everything in control, details, facts, proofs. How do you know that? Why are we doing this? Where's the analysis behind? You know, you have to check things up and details, details, running into details, digging, 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 deeper, deeper, down to the ground, water. We need more details. Did I mention details? You know, they can get stuck in an Excel sheet for hours. Because this is interesting. Everything is interesting. I have to check things out, you know. And do you have, uh, I heard you refer to this study there and there. Do you have that study maybe in the original language? Because there has been some translational errors, you know. Could you have it in, in Serbic Croatian? Is that possible? You know, and they would like to have it to just see so the same number of pages, you know, just to see what can we do with this. So quality is everything. Yeah. They break every possible deadline because quality is everything. You know, time is relative. Einstein was right about that. Time is relative. You can't <laughs> say you only got two hours, you know, doesn't mind. I'm going to take three weeks if I want because quality, you know, that's, that's, yeah. that's key. So there we have the basics. 
Yeah, and and you, and then you think... can mix them, of course, like a, like a recipe for for a cake. Some people say, "But well, Thomas, is there only four kind of people in the world?" Well, obviously not, but you can mix them in many different ways. Algorithmically mm. speaking, nineteen thousand combinations, something. So, oh wow, yeah. So there's quite a few few different ways in which which they can be mixed together. It's uh, it's it's fascinating. I remember when I first read the book, and what really stood out for me was the the red personality, and I was like, right this is my sister. My sister is this type of person. She's very direct. Whenever I've asked her for feedback or anything, I've always left upset because it was just <laughs> She the told truth. you the truth. She told me yeah, the truth. Who, <laughs> who, the, who wants to hear the truth, right? And that's the, that's the interesting thing. You know, not, not you. Okay. Uh, that tells you something maybe more about you than about your Oh, yeah. Sister. No, I found out a lot about myself as well. I found out a lot about myself <laughs> and accepted a lot about myself. And I think that is... Um, one of the beautiful things about your book is it people can recognize their own behaviors. They can accept certain parts of it and also sort of recognize which areas that they need to work on. So my feedback reception is something that I've been trying to work on as much as possible, but still, even when, when starting the podcast, I've, I've been doing this for a year now and there have been times of course, when I've been criticized and I, th- I just still respond so badly to it. So like, I never ask anyone for any feedback. So I'm not right. I'm just scared of it. <laughs> <laughs> which I think like you'll, you'll understand my mix of colors. I think you probably already, already have um, by now, but it helped me so much in being able to just understand my sister and realize that she wasn't being horrible. She wasn't being mean. It wasn't put in a nasty way. It was just the feedback that I asked for on what, whatever I asked for. Exactly. And you actually asked her. And she loves mm. you because you're her brother, right? Yeah. And you ask her for an honest feedback, correct? Mm. And then she gives it to you and you feel bad. And in the moment you felt, that's kind of, you're rude, you know. You didn't have to, you could say it's, everything is lovely. Why didn't you? Well, it wasn't, you know. Usually, usually people say, well, tell me as it is. Say it as it, just spit it out. You know, mm. give me the truth. Be honest, be honest. I can't take it. And the red ones, they will go for it because they can't take it. Yeah. You're going to shout back at you. If you give her feedback, she's going to start an argument, maybe a quarrel because, you know, hey, but I think you're wrong because of this, uh, the bam, bam, bam. But then you're quarreling and arguing and maybe raising their voice. And, you know, that's kind of just another way of communicating. So, so who knows? They have never had trouble with, with, with actually uh, more, let's say, uh, more antagonistic uh, conversations, let's call mm-hmm. it. Uh, when people get annoyed, and they, they cannot get energy from it, kind of like this, you know, oh, yeah, interesting. Can we a butt of fight? Maybe not physical. <laughs> no, no, refreshing fight in the morning. That's that's a good way to start <laughs> start the day, you know. But but everybody else hates it, and 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 the green ones are extremely conflict overt. Extremely yellow ones don't like conflict as well. They kind of just sort of pretend it didn't happen. I, I wasn't in that meeting. I, I don't know. They kind of brush it off because yeah. they have a good memory. They have a good defense mechanism. I, I wasn't even there. I, don't don't touch me. You know. <laughs> so, and, and it's it's fascinating the more relation oriented you are the more you read into the feedback that is negative because you you can't you can't separate yourself from from from, from whatever it was that you got feedback on yeah you know is she criticizing me what do you think about my podcast what do you think about my lecturing well i think uh, you could have done it better in this and that way and so on and so forth she doesn't like me. No, no, no. I only responded to what you asked me to, to respond yeah. to. Actually, 
when you give lectures, you do it in a in a wrong way when it comes to this. This is good. Well, that's not so good. You could kind of fine tune that one a little bit. So yeah, but it's 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 a sometimes it's a lifelong. I guess a lifelong. Okay, here comes the cliche. It's a lifelong journey to to learn who you are and to understand yourself. And yeah. that is one of my main goals to help people quicker understand who they are and accept who they are. Because self awareness is actually really really useful. I mean, people who are self aware. Here we have some really really uh, th thorough studies made. Actually, very comprehensive that says the people with high self awareness are better at their job. They are easier to make a career. They feel better about themselves. Their relationships goes up both at work and, and at mm -hmm. home in, in families and so on. Um, and when they get to be leaders, they are better at leadership because they have this connection to everybody else. They can put themselves in a situation and see where they're at and, and see how do they perceive me when I enter the room. When I present myself to the team like that, how is this going to work? Is this effective or is it just yeah. stupid? So when they understand this, then they can also fine tune and kind of adopt to another situation because they know where they come from. It's yeah. like if I should buy, you know, if I should buy, let's say, a ticket, I'm, I'm going to fly to, to London, let's say. So in, in the old world, we, we called it, that's really old, we called our travel agencies and get me a ticket yeah. to London. Let's assume they say, no problem. Uh, where would you like to go from? And let's just imagine I answered, never mind that. Don't be so problem-oriented. Get me the ticket. You know, what's going to happen now? They can't solve the situation. They need a starting point. So we know the destination. Are you going from, you know, Melbourne or, or Toronto or, or, yeah. or, or Bombay? You know, where are you? I'm in Stockholm. Well, you could have told us. But if I don't even know myself being in Stockholm... How the heck could I actually buy the right ticket? I need to know from what way I am coming. And when I'm communicating with you, Ed, I need to understand how I might be perceived by some people. Because sometimes I also forget the relationship part. I forget about, you know, smiling. I usually get this, this frowning face because I get so into it, so, so focused, which is yeah. good when you are introvert because it's, it shows concentration. But if you're extrovert, it shows, you know, irritation. Yeah. Right? Someone, so someone's on the chopping board. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I look at you like this for a full hour, you're going to feel really uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I definitely will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if you would have been a blue engineer, this is a good, good sign. That means I'm focused, you know, concentrated. Mm. So, but, but by, by reminding myself about this, I can adopt to the situation. Then I have to do this for an hour, two hours, half a day, perhaps. Then I have to go back to be me again. Otherwise, I'm going to going to you know violate my personality and that's not advisable at all Nobody yeah. should do that actually. I, I love that analogy about sort of you have to know where you're flying from um because I, I feel my life has got considerably better with the increased levels of awareness that i've sort of built over the last couple of years that has come from like going to therapy to have someone ask me questions about myself so i can i can get to know myself reading your book and then for me i read quiet by susan kane i don't know if you've you've read that really yeah absolutely brilliant absolutely brilliant and just that acceptance of the fact that sometimes like i need to just sit in a room on my own and speak to no one and regain my energy and that that's okay and that some brilliant people in the world have achieved great things and were still introverts i was like right well 
this is incredible. And also like people get confused, people that don't know about introversion, extroversion in, in the detail get confused because I can hold a good conversation like, like I'm having with you. And I sort of, I thrive in these one-to-one conversations because like, I'm so interested in what's in your head. Like I just want to get it out. And I, I think it may be what makes me like an, an all right, I guess, podcast host is because I'm very good at listening. <laughs> um, and I want to go back to something earlier that we were talking about with feedback um, as, as a writer, because I've just started writing my own book and I'm, I'm just getting into the rhythm wow. of doing 45 minutes to an hour a day, just plugging away until it's done. Who, who do you avoid when you go for feedback from people? Is there a particular color that you don't want the feedback from, or is it when you get that message from yourself, you go to them? Mm, that's an interesting question. Do I avoid feedback from certain type of people? Uh, no. The short answer would be no. Mm. Not when it comes to, to behavioral types or colors or, 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 or something. There are people I would never listen to, though. Okay. That's not about who they are. That is about where they are, I would say. I would never take advice from somebody who is performing worse than I do, let's say. That sounds a bit yeah. harsh. I understand that. No, no, but, understand. You know, but, you know, it's like taking financial advice from somebody who can't even pay his rent, you know. Why would you listen to, to, to him? Yeah. You should listen to, you know, somebody who's doing well in life when it comes to, well, whatever it is. So that's obviously and, and the thing. I usually don't... I usually don't listen to envious people <laughs> yeah. because they usually say, don't strive too hard, don't work too hard, but I can't connect it to a certain color. I can connect it to, in a certain way to some drivers because I mean, the motivational factors, which is kind of beneath the surface. That's kind of more complex thing, which is not in the books yet. Well, it's one book is taking it up. There's another, another book coming in, in uh, I think it's in July, surrounded by bad bosses. They are talking about the drivers also which kind of explains why a person acts like she or, or he does. Not only okay. how, but, but what's the reason behind a certain, a certain behavior. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Well, look, this, this podcast will be coming out near July anyway. So just in time for people to get, get pre-ordering yeah. on, on, on that That was one. my free commercial. I have another yes. one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Chuck them in, chuck them in. Um, so, so that's in, in, in terms of the color systems. Now, surrounded by psychopaths, I found it fascinating and, and somewhat scary how many psychopaths there are potentially out there. Um, I'd read one of the books that you referenced in the books, uh, John, John Ronson's book. Oh, what was it called? The Psychopath Test. And it kind of put me off books about psychopaths, John Ronson's books. I, I didn't think it was amazing and because it just didn't really fit with what I was interested in at the time. But reading your book, I was like, wow, I feel like I want to know more about psychopaths but then I also became a little bit afraid of myself because I was like am I going to turn into one of those people who wants to marry a psychopath in prison because I'm slightly interested in it now um so what what was the driving force obviously I know what the driving force in terms of because I've read the book that pushed you to write the book but what was the driving force for you to start writing about psychopaths and and warning people about them well, there were actually a couple of reasons, but the main reason was actually, it's the same thing with the idiot book. I, I can't take credit for this one either because actually my wife put me on track. My lovely wife, super red. Did I mention that? She's so red that you I, have I've no recognized idea. in the emails. 
Oh, you did? Yes. She's, my, <laughs> she's helped me with my email in the inbox is kind of cramped. Uh, uh, yes, she, she doesn't waste one syllable <laughs> if she can save it. But, but the thing is this, uh, she said you had to write a book about psychopathy because when I published uh, Surrounded by Idiots, it, because in Sweden that came out actually 2014, so it's getting kind of old, you know, it's uh, the life cycle of a book is usually six months. This is in its eighth year. Yeah. Yeah. So that's crazy. And it's all over the globe. It, it's, it's not surreal. I really don't get it. <laughs> However, I started getting emails from people saying, saying things like, you know, that's a fascinating book. Colors and, and, and extroverts and introverts. And that's interesting and how to adapt and, and how to, to, to learn more about other people. You know, could you please tell me now, how can I use other people the best possible way by using this? I'm paraphrasing, but still. That wasn't my intention. You should use this knowledge in order to adapt yourself and to better get along with people and make friends and, and, and you know, better colleagues and, 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 and not using people. That's not what I meant. And I got a couple of those. And then I was at this university and one guy comes up to me like this, you know, I'm not one of the colors. I'm, I'm no color, maybe the fifth color. Who am I? And he had this really long gaze at you. It was really creepy. Mm. So I observed him. And, and uh, he kind of uh, people came up to him and said hello, or some shook his hand, and, and he kind of he was just kind of blank. It's hard to explain if you haven't seen it yourself. So, but I went back to the university a couple of years, now oh, maybe eighteen months afterwards, and talked uh, talk to the dean there, and he was falling apart because that young man that by then when I saw him must have been 20, 22, 24, somewhere. I don't know exactly mm. from the look of his face, I guess. Uh, and the dean said, well, he has, he has basically ruined the whole place. The whole faculty is kind of broken down. He has made people pregnant, you know, and he has harassed people and has stolen money. Blame me. The police have been there. The dean was almost, almost arrested, close to wow. arrested. And he was kind of, he was crying, talking about this guy. Wow. But he had learned how to smile. So I started researching manipulation. Yeah. Which is a fa fa fascinating and scary topic at the same time. But I started researching manipulation. I fell backwards straight into psychopathy. Boom, like this. And that opened a world to me that was horrifying. Really, really scary. Yeah, scary. As, yeah. as you said before. Uh, and fascinating at the same time, which is kind of the interesting thing. It's like a really big car accident, you know, serial car crash, 20 cars on the highway, on the motorway there. And, and, and you see, it's, it's, it's horrible, all oh, poor people, you know, but you have to slow down and take a look, you know, because it's that a leg. I, I, I think I saw some blood over there. Lucky us, we didn't get stuck in that one. So, but you, you have to look, you know, it's yeah. the same thing. So I, I, I investigated and I realized that there are actually more psychopaths I was like everybody else, Hannibal Lecter and some serial killers, you know, what's the yeah. big deal? But that is not the case here. Psychopaths are much more common and most of them are not behind bars. Yeah. They are walking around looking at like you and I, basically talking like you and I, but they don't think like you and I at all, at all. Yeah. So that's how we actually got started. Yeah, that's, it's, it's a shame isn't it that there are so many and and obviously in the book it's it's that people are born psychopaths it's not that there's something traumatic that goes on in their life and it's interesting you talk about like Hannibal Lecter I think of uh Christian Bale plays him I want to say 
American Psycho. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I feel like there are a lot to be found in like high pressure city jobs where emotions can just be taken out of it. And it's yes. almost rewarded to be emotionless in your work. Absolutely. I mean, stupid psychopaths, uh, low intelligence psychopaths, they probably end up behind bars because, I mean, they see some guy downtown at a Friday night and see, that's a lovely watch. I would like to have it. So they go, he goes over and smack him in the hand and takes the watch. Yeah. Done, you know. Now I got a new brilliant wristwatch. Okay. Uh, the smart psychopath, the intelligent one, he would go out to the guy and say, hey, that's a beautiful watch. And then he will talk it into giving him the watch. That's the mm-hmm. difference, which is not illegal. Immoral, yes, but that won't put him behind bars. Really brilliant, smart psychopaths that they can control their impulses because they are very impulse regulated. You know, they get this idea, some emotion, you know, that I, I want that, just go away and get it, you know, which is good in some environments and, and really terrible in others. The thing is this, when we think about psychopaths, we think about criminals and serial killers, but you know, the world's most, I mean, there are several traits, as you read in the book, several traits, personality traits when it comes to how you define a psychopath. I mean, charming, manipulative, uh, pathological liar, uh, usually very promiscuous, you know, take great risks, you know, they can commit crimes without blinking, you know, they don't feel any regret, no remorse, no, no empathy. They can regulate their emotional life, which is usually not very strong because they're kind of like this. So they are good at stress-related jobs. I mean, the world's most famous psychopath. Do you know who I think that would be? Uh, the first thing that James came to Bond. I would James... say James Bond. Ah. I mean, imagine this. I mean, he's one of the good guys. He's on our side, so we kind of like James Bond. But he's a, he's a killer. He's a murderer. He's a womanizer. He's a liar. He's really manipulative, super charming. He has lots of those traits. So it works in the right perspective. You didn't think of that. Well, I put that out in another podcast, and one lady got really, really mad at me, saying, I'm not going to publish this because you called James Bond a psychopath. I said, I'm so sorry. But if you look at the list, I didn't put it out there. You know, David Harris, psychopathy checklist, you know. Yeah. The, the, the kind of the, the grand old man, the godfather of, of, of psychopathy research. He says, this is on the list, and it has been established and accepted, you know, for decades. So you can't do anything about it. Uh, but it is what it is. It makes sense, it though. So it Herb, makes some sense. I mean, she just must love was, Daniel Craig way too much and Pierce Brosnan and all the old ones. That that's that may be her problem. Could have, <laughs> yeah, I think she was a kind of Pierce Brosnan kind of fan there, which I am too. Brilliant, <laughs> absolutely brilliant. No, but to be to be serious, joking a little bit maybe. But the thing is, I mean, there were some assessments of American presidents. Number one turned out to be John F. Kennedy. <laughs> Number two, Bill Clinton. Yeah, both promiscuous. Journal. 2016, yeah, it's in the book as well. And, and maybe you think, well, is that possible? But risk takers, you know, womenizers and, and, you know, charming and witty and, and everything looking really good, but both got a problem with their zipper, you know, and, 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 you know, who knows? So, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I think as, as I was reading Surrounded by Psychopaths, so like there were certain like, things i was thinking of and and one was about how they 
speak about how much they love people so much and i'm very much like when i when i feel something towards someone whether they're my friend family member partner like i tell them i like i, I tell them often i was like oh my god am, am i a psychopath and then luckily you wrote something like if you're thinking are you and if you're upset about it then you're definitely not I was like, oh thank goodness for that <laughs> no you're absolutely too friendly Ed. no problem there so. <laughs> maybe it's I, all I a can, ploy i can't can. maybe so you well you're doing it good <laughs> could, could you have do you have some evil after or something no? oh no i'll have to work on that and and, and come back to it i, I want it per perfect <laughs> yeah that's that's great <laughs> but anyways no but but it, it's a specific it's a certain topic and, and i mean usually usually there are some there are some myths and some cliches when it comes to psychopathy one of them which i thought was some tabloid uh, just headlines to scare the the public off was saying is your boss a psychopath but it turns out in studies we can see there are more people the higher up in hierarchy in an organization you reach the more psychopaths you're gonna you're gonna stumble into because mm. they like power they like money they like to 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 well mostly power where they can control and kind of you know move people around and do whatever so so you can also see that in in these uh, organizations that is actually i mean I'm not going to say any names, yeah. <laughs> but when it comes to, let's say, uh, what's it called, uh, a pro bono, uh, helping other people. Oh, lawyers, uh, when they're like... No, a... uh, no, it's called, when you do it for free, you're helping, you know, starving children. Uh, oh, um, water, that kind of, it's um, philanthropist people. Um, philanthropists and, and, you know, charity kind of organizations, those kinds of things. Yeah. You can see you can see a lot of narcissism and even psychopathy when you reach the top levels in several of these organizations. People taking credit for things that other people have done mm. because they, they they know they would like to be known as the good guys. I'm helping the world here, you know. So why yeah. why would you other otherwise manipulate people? And there has been some not so pleasant stories here in Sweden from from some of these, uh, you know, the top names, you know, stealing money from the organization. Yeah, what's that? You know, from kind of starving children, right? Or yeah. Buddhism, what kind of moral? Well, if you are a psychopath, you don't mind because there the money is, and I kind of need them, you know. So, and they blaming on everybody else. So, so that happens as well. So they yeah. are kind of ten percent. Usually they say David Hare, as I referred to just now. He said, well, he would say probably two percent of the population in the industrialized world, as we that's where we have the 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 possibility to actually look into these things. Uh, yeah. 2% uh, of the population would be diagnosed with clinical psychopathy. And when it comes to leaders, managers, bosses, 10%, roughly speaking. Wow. It's not only a myth. It's not only a myth, even though it's not as easy to wrap your head around how that might be. But if you understand uh, the pattern, if you understand the psychology, why they are striving upwards. Mm. It makes sense as well, because... I think a lot of people are held back in their career by their sort of inability to control your emotions. And and if you don't have emotions to control, it's easy to jump up top. Exactly. I mean, stressful meetings in the boardroom, you know, take really big decisions, billions of dollars, you know, spend, you have two minutes to decide buy or not buy. Okay, let's do it. Let's see yeah. what happens. You know, you and I would sit there and, oh no, oh God, I have to have the numbers. Where's my Excel sheet? You know, ooh, this is scary. They're just, you know, mm. Let's do it. Yeah. I'd let sometimes someone else deal really with the numbers. <laughs> sometimes it's really good. Sometimes it's terrible. Sometimes it all falls down because it was the wrong decision. 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, so uh, it's interesting. It's a fa- it's a more serious book, obviously. Mm. But uh, I connected to the colors as well, so you can see: Are you at risk of being manipulated? Because my my the 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 thing I'm kind of how should I put it? The the thing I'm kind of arguing for in the book is: If you understand yourself, if you have high high if you have high self awareness, if you mostly understand your weak spots, then you can protect yourself better against manipulation in in general. Yeah. Because manipulators, narcissists, psychopaths, sociopaths, which is kind of the same thing. Uh, then you can you can protect yourself because you know because they are looking for your weakest spots to where yeah. can I put in the screwdriver, kind of twist it around and see what happens. You know, that's yeah. what they are doing. Even though they are your soulmate, they will look for your weaknesses. They have yeah. so many techniques to try to you know kind of move you around and see how your reactions are, and then they kind of yeah. You know, it was it, it was it was a really helpful book. Um, for me to read and especially that that part about within relationships and stuff like that because the, the book that I'm writing there's certain behaviors that I want to put across as kind of like a well I just want to represent certain different behaviors so you, this book is something that I'll be referring to quite a bit not that I'll be writing about psychopaths but I think it's it's quite easy for people to display the traits one or two traits of a psychopath as, as in their younger life while they're trying to figure everything out because they want people to do stuff for them or i think a lot of relationships especially in england i don't know um what it's like in sweden i think a lot of young men display signs of like gaslighting um which you spoke about not not to the extremes of sort of moving moving things to make people sound crazy like you say in the books but certainly gaslighting as it's a common theme I think in, in younger people's relationships, even if it's on, on a minor level, is that something you had experienced yourself at any stage? Like people trying to manipulate you? Well, yes and no. Firstly, Ed, you, you're onto something interesting. Are you writing fiction or nonfiction? Uh, fiction. Fiction. Okay. So it's a novel. It's going to be a novel. Yeah. Right. Um, the, the thing with manipulation is, I mean, I mentioned narcissism. Yes. I'm right. I'm I'm finishing a book about narcissists as we speak. It's going to probably come out in English sometimes, like sometime next year. I, I really don't mm. know exactly. Probably a year from now, I would say. Yeah. One book comes in July, July and another one close to Christmas, uh, surrounded by setbacks. So that's kind of they are. I'm going to be surrounded are, by your are, books by the sound of it. They are, they are chasing me to write faster. So I'm trying to. <laughs> my American publisher is really keen on this. They say this is good. So that, that's, that's, that's very helpful for obvious reasons. But, but when, when, it comes to, when it comes to psychopathy, when it comes to narcissism, they have, they have a lot of things in common, even though it's not the same thing. I mean, narcissists are very self-centered, extremely egotistic. They, they only focus on themselves. And they also are usually good manipulators but it's kind of more obvious because the psychopaths are let's say more cunning more evil more more kind of you know like this they can cover themselves and, and they really hide their true agenda which narcissists not, not necessarily can do uh, and narcissism is definitely they use gaslighting as well i mean mm. it's not about moving moving uh, you know paintings on the wall or you know changing your coffee for tea or thing. It, it's about confusing people 
yeah. saying A in, on Monday, saying B on Tuesday and Wednesday. And it never said either A or B. I just said F, you know, F off, basically, because you, you <laughs> question me, because that's what usually goes around. But, but the thing is, so, so they use gaslighting like anyway. And the thing is, when you mention young people, I'm going to be very careful here because it's, it's easy to generalize and I don't want to do mm. that. However, we have, there are a number of studies that has been taking place in the Western world that tells us that narcissism is on the rise, especially amongst young people, meaning more self-centered, more into, you know, focusing on themselves, more into investing time in themselves, you know, strong, strong self-esteem, uh, you know, love yourself, these things. And it can mm. go too far. Yeah. If a parent tells her kid, you're absolutely wonderful, you're my prince, you're brilliant, you're, and you're my princess, and we love you because you are you, that's fine. But if you give a child all the advantages without asking anything back ever, then they think their presence is good enough. And then they step into their working life. And then their boss says, you have to perform, you have to, you know, deliver now, you know, time flies now, what are you sitting here for? So if you're not used to actually do the job, but still think you're were top top notch then you're going to get yourself in trouble and then you're going yeah. to start manipulate and do other things you know because you have these narcissistical tendencies yeah. not necessarily a narcissist in a clinical perspective the pathological mm. way but but narcissistic tendencies this yeah. is kind of complex but anyways so therefore you can see a lot of things going on that you might say that's not a very beautiful behavior from your side actually i don't like that yeah and to, to anybody who listens to this, when it comes to it, doesn't matter why you get manipulated, if it's from a psychopath or a narcissist or from such a jerk, it could be some a-hole that doesn't you know, know how to behave. Yeah. Walk away. Just walk away as quickly as possible. Don't pay any attention to those people. Those might be the real idiots. I mean, psychopathy yeah. is not a mental illness. It's not a, it's not a psychological disease. It's a personality disorder. You cannot mm. treat it. You cannot cure it. You are not the one that actually can change them into something better. Even though you might feel, but I'm so good that I can actually, I can say them. No, you cannot do that. Yeah. Nobody can do that. It has been tried for 50 years. Nobody can cure a psychopath. And secondly, why would they want to be cured? The whole world is a smorgasbord of, of, of uh, you know, just opportunities for me. And I'm going to use all of you as pawns to move around and take my share, which is kind of, kind of the whole, the whole piece, you know, why would they give that up? Yeah. Of course not. Yeah. It's like, it's like training kittens, you know, try to give kittens therapy. <laughs> How long will they stay? They're not going to, they can walk away and say, you, you know, yeah. get out, I'm not, not listen to you. So, so walk, walk away. Yeah. Walk yeah. Away. It's, it's fascinating. And I would definitely encourage anyone to walk away from narcissists, psychopaths, anything like that, especially after reading the book and, and sort of knowing the the damage that they can do. But it's certainly interesting that you say that it's, it's like almost this like self-love culture, like people getting participation medals and stuff in school might be adding to like narcissism and things like that. And it's 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 he probably one of the, that's great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he, he didn't miss the bus today, even a medal. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> seriously is this for real i don't know yeah there's a fine I I, there, there must be a fine fine line between the self-love industry and self-care industry um from taking people from unconfident beings who are really sad to super high self-esteem narcissists and and it yes there's that like transformation 
and it's like sometimes you have to get off the the bus in the middle and just like right i'm just going to stop here well i think i'm okay and i say this to people often i'm like high self-esteem isn't anything that, like i don't necessarily think esteem is something that you should you should have you just be accepting of yourself and and just have a general sense of okayness and I, I never strive to think greatly of myself or great of the stuff that I do. I just want to think that it's okay. And I've come from a place where I used to have low self-esteem, but I, I recognize others with high self-esteem and I judge them almost as narcissists. And that's maybe bad on my part, but it's, it's, it's interesting that you, you say that because it sort of feeds my confirmation bias a bit. <laughs> Well, you're, you're, you're not wrong yet. The thing is that actually, I mean, I, okay. Most people have low self-esteem. That's the most common thing that you will, will find if you dig around basically anyone, especially actually high performers. A lot of the real mm. superstars in any field, CEOs or athletes or whatever, they have low self-esteem. That's why they are, performing so well because they have to prove themselves over and over and over again and that is bad for one reason because if you perform and you are on top of the world and still feel bad about yourself obviously that's not good then you have to work on yourself so i i totally get that a lot of people have been you know uh, uh, treated really bad as children uh, when they were kids you know being being uh, uh, you know, uh, ostracized from, from their friends, a lot of things they will feel bad about themselves. Those we need to help in a good way. But the thing is, if you feel good about yourself, if you're kind of okay with yourself, and then somebody tells you, you have to love yourself even more. You have to build up your self-esteem even more, even higher, raise yourself and build your self-confidence, mm -hmm. you know? Oh, like this. I mean, psychopaths happen to think really highly of themselves, you know? This mm -hmm. we do know. Narcissists as well, on every level they have this inbuilt sense of i am actually the best you're yeah. lucky to being able to be with me just being yeah. in the same room as me you should thank me this sounds stupid when people hear this but this is what they actually think both narcissists yeah. and psychopaths because i am here now let's get started you know but you haven't done anything oh so many things you you, you never know yeah, I, I, uh -huh. so many beautiful lovely things and then they will give you a story which is probably not true so you know yeah really complicated but still it's, it's important to understand because when you see somebody suffering from from post-traumatic stress disorder for instance that is usually some kind of abuse in a relationship and usually from a narcissist or a psychopath actually mm. that is usually okay. the case when you ask a psychologist yeah it's not about getting well you could get a shell shock in in, in a war somewhere obviously but usually relationships i mean in our part of the world where the war isn't going on yeah so if you know, don't misunderstand me deliberately there. So, so, so there, there, there can be real uh, mishaps and those things have to get repaired. Those people are suffering from low self-esteem because of the abuse from the psychopath or the narcissist. Yeah. It's a huge field to be honest. Yeah, it's, it definitely is. It, it seems like a bit of a minefield to sort of navigate, but you have done it brilliantly um, with Surrounded by Psychopaths. I, I, I love the book and um obviously i'll be recommending it to everyone because that's kind of what, what my job is now so um hopefully everyone reads it and, and understands sort of how to protect themselves against these people that want to manipulate them and make them do what they want even if that's not what they want to do um obviously you've got a, a new book coming out in july so 
just a couple of minutes before before we wrap up, what's what's the premise of the book? Premise of the book. Could I just say something to to, to of close course. the cycle yeah, yeah. discussion there? Because there's something I would like to add. Just because as you started and you said that this is really scary stuff. I got kind of ooh, this is kind of disturbing to think people are born psychopaths, which actually makes you think so there are child psychopaths and the author is actually yes it shows somewhere after 10 years of age usually boys you know okay uh, torturing uh, birds and, and those things but the yeah. thing is this people my aim for this is to to educate and to inform not to scare people i would like to to make that really really clear that's why mm. i actually i took the, the the liberty to use some humor in that book as well because yeah, yeah. You have to look at it in a, in a, well, it's a little positive way, but in a way that gives you hope. Because I'm not aiming for people being afraid, you know, going around and looking over your shoulders. Are you a psychopath? Are you a manipulator? Should I be scared of for you? Or are you after me in some way? Or, you know, are we good? You know, no, no, that's not the point. The point is, the more you know about yourself, the more you know about your, uh, about manipulation techniques and so on and so forth, you will recognize them much, much quicker. And the third thing is that actually, how much are you worth? How, how, what does your self-worth look like? Mm. What about your self-esteem? If you work on your own self-esteem, you will not be an easy victim. So just when you go into traffic, I mean, driving around in London, which I have never done. Wouldn't recommend it. Probably, exactly. People usually don't. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I wouldn't. I would, you know, I would, I would take a look, you know, driving on the wrong side of the, of the road, obviously, because I'm from Sweden. <laughs> So, or maybe we're driving on the wrong side, let's say. So just doing that switch, you know, we're keeping track of things. And that's guy, a guy on a bicycle. Oh, that comes a big bus. London taxis, one, two, three, four, boom. Everything is moving really fast. You know, that does So it's a scare and it's really, it's a dangerous place. You can get hurt, you know, you can hurt yourself. Yeah. But that doesn't keep me at home. I just have to have this, you know, normal, uh, you know, keeping things in order, mm -hmm. just checking things out, you know, and be, be just be observant. Anytime you meet another, a new acquaintance, just be observant, just see what they do. Don't be naive. Don't let them fool you. Just be, make sure that they say one thing and they do what they said. That's the easiest yeah. way to spot a manipulator. They will say something that they know you want to hear, and then they will do something completely different. When, the when, when you get some kind of, a, when you see that this goes in the wrong direction, there you have to react. Yeah, there's some discrepancy there. You, you, you don't, you did, you said A, but you did B, you know, now you're doing C, but you said, you know, what's going on? There you yeah. have to react, you have to do it immediately, actually. Yeah. That's my advice. Yeah. But anyway, that's a, that's a, we could do a DJ transition into the yeah. next book. Chicka, chicka. <laughs> and as I, as, as I mentioned before, uh, the, the, the book, uh, I mean, there are more psych psychopathic traits the higher up in the hierarchy hierarchy in, in an organization that you go so the more you look at into leadership the more well interesting behaviors you might stumble upon which is not the same thing as saying bosses are psychopaths i did not say that but yeah. the rate of them are slightly higher than for for everybody else that is just the way it is i don't know what i'm going to do about it uh, yeah. the book is about leadership why did I write that book? I did that actually for some, that's the most logical book for me to write as I am a management consultant specialized in leadership uh, issues yeah. since 25 years, something. 
and so I said to myself after the psychopath book, I said to myself, maybe I should write a book about the leadership and, and management styles and so on, because I have something to say. I can share a lot of knowledge and a lot of experiences there. So I actually wrote the book and I named it. Are you ready? I yeah. named the book surrounded by lazy employees because I have, obviously I have to, you know, stir things up a little bit. And then I actually, when I had just finished that book, which is about how to lead people when it comes to their colors. And if your color is red and, and your, your, yeah. your, your staff is mostly green or yellow, let's say, how should you do it? You know, and, 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 and uh, a lot of other stuff as well. And then I actually on Netflix saw this documentary on about Margaret Thatcher. Uh, I'm not talking about politics here, so don't no, keep the don't keep the messenger. <laughs> but but the thing the thing is this: Margaret Thatcher, she she was in this phase. She was trying to be re-elected for second second period, and and uh, she went to this political advisor, and he said, "You must not forget the unemployed. You forgot them the last uh, time, you know, during your campaign, and they are actually ten percent of your voters. So you have to pay attention to to." Focus on the unemployed. Do that. And she uh -huh. said, okay, I, I hear you. So she went to a second guy to get a second opinion. He said, the rest of them are 90%. So, and you can, and she won. You, now you can, you can comment that and, and have thoughts about it. However, that got me thinking. I have now written a book about leadership aimed to 10% of, of the working population, which is kind of the rate, how many leaders you have, how many bosses you have. Maybe I should write a book towards everybody else, the 90%, the employees, the staffs, the people that are out there trying to understand what the boss is up to. So then I wrote Surrounded by Bad Bosses. So mm -hmm. you can see the thing from two perspectives at the same time. You get this beautiful symbiosis. I mm -hmm. think that was kind of creative, if I could say it myself. Yeah. And, and so because if people are helping their boss to be a good leader, that's going to be perfect because then you know how you would like to be led yeah. and how they can lead you. Because if people are, are helping each other out, more people will feel okay at work. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't understand what is he or she up to. I don't get it. You know, just delegating and giving feedback and all these things. So if you talk about the leadership in that perspective, then I think you're going to do a beautiful job together. Yeah. If you're not aiming for leadership yourself, that's, that could be a manual for that, of course. But then I had two books. So I put them together. So the next book is actually two books. Wow. What a treat. There what a go. treat. I'll be looking forward there to buying that um, when, when that comes out. You say that's coming out in July. I think you can pre-order it somewhere online, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Perfect. Well, look, thank yeah. you so much, Thomas. Firstly, thank you for writing the books. I think they're great. I know you didn't do it for me, but you, you did it for the people. And, and I think they've been brilliant. Um, I've been looking forward to reading your future book, especially that one about narcissism coming out next year. That that sounds particularly exciting. Where can people find you if they want to follow more of you? I know, I know you're on Instagram. Um, is there any particular websites or anything that you have that you want to direct people to? I have an Instagram account struggling with making it work. I am on LinkedIn for people who would like to, you know, uh, uh, request me as a, as a speaker. I do lots of webinars. I do a lot of podcasting. I do, well, I do everything that can spread actually this message. Yeah. And, and uh, one thing that I, I, I have an account, well, the website is called surroundedbyidiots.com. So that's kind of easy to, to, to find. Uh, and there you have everything. I also released an app actually, because okay. we started talking about what's my color and, and what you have basically told 
you can make the listeners guess what what Mr. Ed Cunningham's uh, <laughs> colors are actually. I don't think it's very very hard to to guess that. No. To help people who is confused, I I I, I developed this app where you can actually test yourself and an infinite number of other people. Okay. It's called well, Surrounded by Idiots. Also, everything is called the same thing. So you can find it. It costs you close to nothing. I can't give it away because it cost me a fortune to develop it. But I'm, yeah. instead, of, instead of paying 100 British pounds, you can pay five quid for it. You know, that's yeah. what it is. And Sounds you can like test a pretty good anybody deal. you meet. And then you have the book in micro version also. So you can kind of go about, okay, that guy turned out to be green and blue. Now I'm going to treat him in the next meeting. So you have everything in your pocket. I think I that's kind that. of cool. So try it if you're interested. It's on App Store and Play Store and all those places. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Otherwise, thank you so much for having me. Well, hopefully you enjoyed that episode as much as I enjoyed recording it because I had a smile on my face for the rest of the day. And that's rare, guys. You know? It's not often someone makes you smile for the rest of the day. But that was quality. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening, you absolute legends. I'll be back soon with a book review. If you could do me a favor, share the episode on Instagram or give a review on Apple Podcasts, then I'll love you even more than I already do. But even the people that don't do that, love you, bye. (laughs) 